Generosity, it's a big word. I'm going to ask you three questions, and I think we're all grappling with this. Can generosity add value to your life? Question one. What does generosity actually mean? Does generosity always have to do with money? So those are some of the grappling questions we struggle with. The definition of generosity is the following. Someone showing generosity is happy to give time, food, kindness, money to people in need. When you show generosity, you might give away things or put others before yourself. Generosity is more than cash and stuff. When you're forgiving and gentle to people, you show generosity of the spirit. So generosity is a big word, as I said from the beginning. It's very interesting that the source word of generosity is generous, and it's a Latin word, the original word. And from that, it means noble birth. Isn't that awesome? But it also means beginning. And Genesis, the word Genesis, the generosity of God in Genesis to create this amazing world we're living in. It also comes from that word. Generosity comes from that word, Genesis 2. So to me, that was very amazing to go and read this and to, um, to see that generosity actually started with God. In the beginning, God created he made this amazing place that we called earth. And in his generosity, he still keeps us here, even though we've messed it up. Isn't God awesome? As Christians, the Bible is clear throughout the pages that we are called to be generous. In the book of Exodus, when they built the temple, they would have never finished the, uh, the tabernacle. They would have never finished the tabernacle had people not been generous. They just brought and brought. You know, at one point in the temple, when they built the temple, they just say, whoa, wait, don't be generous anymore. We can't, we can't even accommodate all your gifts. Isn't that amazing? The storehouse was more than overflowing. If we move on, this to me is an amazing scripture. In Malachi 3.10 to 12, this is the only place in the Bible where God kind of tells us to test him. It's amazing. So generosity is a big thing. The biggest, the best, the most awesome thing for me about generosity is when God gave his son. So that none should perish, but all should have everlasting life. What better return? What better return for this to have everlasting life? So generosity, I'm going to ask you three questions today. And the first one is, why should we give generously? Why should we? To please God. It's not to please man. It's not to satisfy yourself, it's to please God, it's to honor him, it's to honor his word. And do we want to please God? Hebrews 13 verse 16 says, Do not forget to do good 
to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Do you want God to be pleased with you? Then do what his word says. Proverbs 19 verse 17. I love this scripture. And it says, Every time you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord. Don't worry. You will be repaid in full for all the good you have done. So I'm not worrying because we will be paid in full. And you know, you know how it is with loaning. There's always interest. So we're building up interest with God. Isn't that awesome? He's going to repay, not the way we think. But he repays. And I can tell you, in our lives, we, we've seen it so many times. Now, you might say, but when will I see this come into fruition in my life? Well, I'm going to just read this scripture for you. Then I'm going to give you an, an, an illustration. 1 John 3 verse 16 to 18 says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions, do you have material possessions? Yes, you all do because you're all clothed today. And you see your brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them. How can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech. But let us love with action and truth. God's calling us to action. He's calling us to this big word, generosity. When we lived in East London, it was a very amazing, trying time in our lives. And I was teaching at Crew Primary School. I was very pregnant with John. And Philip had a very good job. And we were really doing well. And we were generous because we just loved being generous all our lives. So, but there was this one man. You know, you've got this one person um, at the school. He was the caretaker, Paul Kane. Now, Paul Kane was a very strict man. He didn't smile. He was, it looked as though he was angry all the time. And I just kind of reached out to Paul, greeted him in the morning and spoke with him. And he kind of warmed up and really. But it was good. So Paul Cain was there, he'd get on his tractor, cut the grass, and, and people were scared of Paul Cain. So this is how the story went. I had to take maternity leave, and I was on maternity leave for one month when Philip came home early one afternoon, and he was devastated. He said, we downsized, I just lost my job. That morning he didn't even know that afternoon he was without a job. We looked at each other and said, what now? I've got no income. He's got no income. We've got the kids in the house. We've got a baby on the way. What are we going to do? We just kept faith. We just kept trusting the Lord. I watched this refrigerator going empty. I watched every jar where you find 5 and 10 and 20 cents I don't know if you've ever been in that position that there's no change in your home anymore. None. Nothing. All the pennies are gone. You buy bread with your pennies. That's where we were. And this one day, I said to Philip, we've got a few lettuce leaves that we grew in our garden and one can of tuna. That's it. 
So we sat down for supper, and we thanked the Lord for the tuna and the few lettuce leaves. But that was it. There was nothing. There was nothing, guys, nothing. Nothing in the cupboard, nothing. And as we sat down to eat, there was a knock on the door. So Philip went to open the door. Here stood Paul Cain. And he said, <clears throat> I've just come to see you. Um, I just want to tell you that God spoke to me. And Philip said, okay. He says, um, can you help me? He says, yes. Philip thought he was going to ask him for money or whatever. And Philip said, sure, just... He said, can you please come to the car and help me take out the groceries because God told me to buy you groceries. <laughs> Do you know that my kids, they still talk about it today. They looked at that tuna, they looked at those lettuce and they said, God, we thank you for it. You brought more. And for the three, four months, God just supplied. We didn't share. We didn't speak. Then we told, we invited Paul Cain down, and we became friends from that day. When Paul Cain listened, he said, I was on my tractor, and God spoke to me. The caretaker brought us groceries. And this is the generosity of God. We cannot outgive God. I want to tell you, you cannot outgive God. If you want to invest in your future, invest in God's economy, invest in generosity, because that will bring a return. And the scripture I didn't read earlier for you, because I wanted to read it now, is the one where it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not be enough room to store it. You know, sometimes we get so petty. We, we, dick, we, we sit and we dick and we say, do I tithe? Don't I tithe? Do I tithe on the, on the gross or do I tithe on the... Just tithe. Okay? God will take care of the rest. He'll change your heart. And if you've got to tithe 50%, tithe 50% does not mean you can only give a tenth. Please listen to what the word of God is saying. And then it says, sorry. Oh, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and your vines, says the Lord our God Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land. Why do we debate what God's saying? If we believe in his word, let's take his whole word. Let's live by his word. In Matthew 10, this is such a beautiful, you can go and read the whole scripture. I'm just giving you quick. Matthew 10 verse 8 says, freely you have received, freely give. People, you cannot... <laughs> I don't know where it went. <coughs> you cannot outgive God. I want to tell you today, you cannot outgive God. Acts 20, verse 32 to 35 says, <clears throat> I showed you this by this kind of hard work. We must help the weak. Remembering the word of the Lord, it is more blessed to give than to receive. 
And it is more blessed. I showed kindness to poor Cain. God repaid me so much bigger. So much more. And my whole family was blessed through an act of kindness. And he said to Philip, Morena always greeted me. And he wasn't easy to greet. But that broke the ice. Okay? So it's not always easy. God doesn't make it straight and easy for us. Next question. How can we give generously? What's your attitude about your giving? Do you think, oh, now they're speaking about money again. Now they're speaking about my time again. Don't they realize I'm a busy person? Yes, we do. But we want you to be part of this incredible thing that God's doing among his people. Now, remember the story where Jesus was in the temple and this little woman brought her mite. And the others brought and said, look what we're giving. Check, check. She didn't. She just walked in quietly and slipped in her coin. Jesus saw that. So what did Jesus say? Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more in than others. All the people gave the gifts out of their wealth. But she gave out of her poverty all she had to live on. Amazing. God saw that. In Luke 19, Zacchaeus, the little man, who stole from the people. He was a tax collector. So he climbed up in the tree when he heard Jesus was coming by. He had such conviction on his heart that he got down, he had tea with Jesus, and he said, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody, I will pay them back four times the amount. This is when conviction came upon this man, when Jesus walked into his life. Allow Jesus to walk into your circumstances. Allow Jesus into your checkbook. We don't use checks anymore, but you know what I mean. Allow Jesus into your finances. He is able and he wants to. The one thing about giving is, Matthew 6 verse 1 to 4 cautions us, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So that you giving may, your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you in the open. So God is the one. He's the rewarder of those things. We, I asked the question, how can we give generously? I want to tell you a story of generosity. You all know what happened in life community services. We had to move our property like this. We got notice. We delayed and delayed April, May, June. We had nowhere to go. We called for a meeting in this church, and people came. I was disappointed there were only about 40 people, but you know what happened out of that meeting? Within two weeks, people that I hadn't known before, a CA came forward and said, right, Morena, let's work this. 
a quantity surveyor said, Morena, let's look at this. A church came and said, Morena, let's buy that property. I don't know how, but let's buy it. It, it was, to me, it was amazing because I didn't know these people. Then an architect came and said, right, Morena, let's draw up the plans. A town planner came and said, let's do this. This, this is all the stuff you need when you develop land. I didn't know anybody of these people. God gave them all to us. He put together this team. And can I tell you, we saw one of the greatest, well, to me, okay, to me, one of the greatest century, miracle of the century when God moved us off of our old property and onto our old property within June, July, end of August. 31st of August, we were off. That in itself was an unbelievable miracle. There was no electricity where we were going. It was a garbage dump. It still is a garbage dump, but we moved the garbage now. It, there was no water. There was no sewage. There was nothing. You guys know when you develop what time, the time frame is for all of this. Things had to go through the municipality. Plans had to go through the municipality. But it's just as though God stirred up people's heart to be generous. And all these amazing people that I mentioned to you have till today not charged me one cent. These services alone is more than a million rand. I can tell you that. It's not just Somaraoki. It's good people that God gave us. The architect is one of the best in George, and she's an engineer, and, 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 and. And now they're our team. They're saying, right, Morena, now we're going to make it work. They're still on, on, uh, on team with us. They're still working with us. That is the favor of God. That's his generosity toward us. How can we not be generous to one another? How can we not be generous? My last question to you is, what happens when we're generous? What happens? What happens in our lives? I'm going to tell you, there's no end to what can happen. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6 to 8 says, And God is able to bless you abundantly in all things at all times, having all that you need. You will abound if you will abound in good works. What did God say? All things, all that you need. You might sit here and think, yeah, but God doesn't know about this. He does know about it. But why isn't it happening? Just search your heart. Go before him. Lay it before him. He will come through for you. I'm telling you, he will come through for you. If there's a promise you're hanging on to, don't give up on it. If there's a dream, don't give up on it. Because if you're generous, God is there. God will come to those, Psalm 112 verse 5, God, good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct the affairs with, affairs with justice. Okay? So we need to walk justly before God. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10 to 15. Now he who supplies, you all know the scripture, seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. Did you listen to me? Not to supply, but increase. And will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way. So why in every way? So that you can be generous on every occasion. 
He's not going to increase so that you can line your pockets and have a good retirement. He's increasing for you to be generous. He'll take care of it. You just follow his word. Be wise, yes, but follow his word and be generous. Then it says, this service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it is overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. So did you realize that when you generously give, you're actually saying thank you to God? Wow, we're saying thank you to the creator of the universe with this little bit of stuff that we give him? That's big. That to me is so big. Then it says, because of the service by which you have approved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. Generosity in sharing. You know, we say actions speak louder than words. I can tell you it's very true. We can speak all we want, but we need action behind our words. Proverbs 11 verse 24 says, One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly and comes to poverty. And, you know, this is, this is all over the word. I've got packs of papers here. I'm not going to preach that long sermon. I'm done. But... I'm telling you, there's so much in the Word of God about generosity, about giving, that you can study, the whole year you can study that, and you'll be amazed what it opens. You know, I believe that when God called us to George, we just came, we were just obedient. We really didn't know how it was going to pan out. We just knew we had to do it. We had to do it. Within the first month of being here, we took our first child into our home. One of the kids that we had in the community he lived in terrible circumstances. We brought him home. And we just opened up our home for him because our hearts were just broken for this little boy. And through the years, John always, that's our son, always graciously allowed all these children to be in our home. And he kind of made them family. And it was amazing. But... It always it was in the back of his head, am I ever going to be able to study? My parents don't have any money, <laughs> that's for sure. And am I going to be able to study? So after matric, he went to YWAM, and he's a filmmaker. But he just, from, from grade eight, he was making movies. He was just making movies. And with the little cameras, we didn't have cell phones that made movies at that time. So he was making movies. And... We just saw, but this kid's got talent, and he's got an eye, and he's got a... So he went to YWAM, and they immediately saw his talent, and they, uh, he went to Media Village, and he started lecturing at Media Village. They asked him for another year, and he was there for another year. But this child wanted to be a filmmaker. And then we enrolled him at the University of Cape Town. We didn't know how it was going to happen. We signed all the papers... We just said, God, it's in your hands. We do not. The money we've got to pay every month is more than my paycheck. It's more than what we've... How are we going to do this? Do you know that month by month by month, for the whole duration of his studies, God supplied every time. 
friends, people from overseas, people in George, they just come. When it comes due, the check was there, the money was there. John walked out of university with no debt, no study debt. That is because we serve a generous God. I want to encourage you. You cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. So, what fuels generosity? Conviction. Conviction fuels generosity. And what shapes conviction? Pressure, testing, delays, trials, challenges. Don't kill your conviction. Let it fuel it. We went through all those. We still go through all those. But let it fuel your conviction to be generous. If we live up to our convictions that God has called us to be, to be generous, we will succeed. Jesus illustrated this generosity with the multiplication of the loaves and fish that we spoke about. He, he showed that. I am sure there were some people that were hiding their lunches under their cloaks because they didn't want to share. But this little boy, this little boy said, yeah, he has five loaves, he has two fish. Jesus, you take it, you do with what you want. And what did Jesus do? He fed the little boy, his little belly was full, and everybody else. Plus, there was leftovers. That's God's generosity. He didn't look at the other people's stinginess, but he blessed the little guy's generosity. We remember the little boy, but we don't know anybody else who was there that day. Because God has honored that little guy who gave all he had to Jesus. Now, to do this, it's going to take courage. Do it. It's worth it. Let's chase after pleasing God. Let's chase and become God seekers. Regardless of the cost. Guys, we're going to get into a situation. We, we all know this, that the coming of the Lord is, is close. There's a harvest out there. People are dying. They're perishing. Let's become God seekers and do what he says. That's the first thing. Second thing is, let become, let's become world changers. You can change the world just by changing where you're at. Or what you do by being generous. We can be world changers. And in being world changers, we can be history makers. I want to be part of this history story. I want to be part of this victory story for the Lord. I want to be part of it. Do you? If you do, let's go back to the word. Let's allow the Lord to lead us. Let's not hang on to what we have and think we're not going to have tomorrow. Let's be generous on every occasion. I want to end with this. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Can we pray? Father, we stand in awe of who you are. We stand in awe of your generosity. We stand in awe of what you have done for us. We come now and we just say, have your way in our hearts. Bring your conviction on us.
change us inside out so that we can be free from fear and that we can be open in being generous because that's what you've called us to. We praise you for this opportunity this morning that we can be generous and we pray that you will lead us in this. In Jesus' name. Thanks, Morena. And I think we should really be obedient and react on what Morena's just said. And want the ministry team to come up and the leadership team to come up because I want us to do something prophetic. I want us to do a bit of a prophetic act. Because what we, I know when Morena shares something like this, what goes through my mind, and I think it goes through a lot of our minds, is that the moment we walk out that door, what is going to change in our lives? What are we going to do differently to, to make this generosity thing happen in our lives? We all want to be like that caretaker that knocked on the door and gave, gave them the groceries. But do we ever put ourselves in that position? Do we ever allow ourselves to be there and listen to God and react on it? Because we might be thinking of, how am, I, uh, how am I going to get through the end of the month? How am, what am I going to do to get to these payments? I need to save for my kids' education. I need to do this. I need to, that, to do that. And then we head in this direction, but then the generosity thing goes in this direction. But how do we get it together? And we need to bring it together because that's what God wants. God needs to come and ignite something inside of us. God needs to come and take those burning coals and make it a big fire in our lives so that we can go out here and we can look at each person the way Jesus looks at them and be sensitive to, oh, this person might need groceries. This person might need prayer. This person might need a word of knowledge or just some kind of encouragement. But if we don't put ourselves or mindsets in that position, then, then it's not, it's not going to happen. Where's the ministry team? So, Coronel sent a, um, a scripture yesterday, and I want to read it to us. And I want you to, to see this scripture. It's 1 Kings 17, verse 21 to 23. And it's all about Elijah praying for a little boy, and he came alive. But I want you to see it in a way that God wants to come and revive something inside each one of us today. Something new, something that brings this thing together, this generosity thing together. It goes like this, it says, Then he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried to the Lord, O Lord my God, let the child's life come into him again. And the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah, and the life of the child came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper chamber into the house and delivered him to his mother and Elijah said see your son lives so those words oh Lord my God let the child's life come into him I want you if you feel that that you are in a place in your life where you don't know how you're going to do this you are so focused on getting life happening but God's getting further and further away and the plan of God is getting further and further away then I want you to come up 
come and stand in front here. And then what I want the ministry team to do is they're going to lay hands on you and they're going to do exactly that. They're going to speak those words over you three times. In a prophetic way, they're going to say, Lord, come and revive this child. Lord, come and revive this child. Lord, come and revive this child. And then they're going to pray over you. And it's a step of faith. It's a prophetic thing that's going to happen. But it's going to ignite something inside of you that's going to change your heart. It's going to change your mind. It's going to change your life. And you're going to walk out that door. And you're going to be looking for what Jesus wants to do in your life and in other people's lives around you. If you don't want to come up, I just want you to stand and just have a moment with God. And just listen to what God wants to tell you. So I want everyone to stand up. Close your eyes. And those that, that feel that you want those words spoken over you and ignite that fire, I want you to come up right now, all of you. Come and stand in front here and the team will pray over you.